Hello, friends, and welcome again to the First Loved Podcast. Pete and I are already laughing together. Anyhow, two weeks ago, I had fun telling you about God's faithful provision for us, and part of that provision was this really amazing production team. As I mentioned, we've spent some time together working out and thinking through how the videos, the curriculum, all this stuff would work. And and part of that process is that they've been challenging me that, you know, Josh would say to me over and over again, Dad, you're just so used to lecturing <laughs> and preaching, and we need you to do this different and have a different style. And we especially need you to land on not just scriptures, which is still important, but what's the main feel, the main theme, the main idea for each of these particular sessions. Well, after spending some time together and trying to sort this out, what I just want to share with you, because I thought, I don't know that I've ever said it quite like this or this clear, really, what is at the heart of first love to love? particularly the first session of it. We've entitled it over the years, A New Way of Loving. We've also called it Jesus's New Way of Loving, and primarily just wanting people to hear about and own as the focus of their life, the new command, which means you got to be loved in order to love as loved, and combined with 1 John 4, 19, to love because he first loved us. So my intent has always been about that, what would empower us and encourage us to love. We need to be loved in order to love. And so, you know, (laughs) most of you are listening have probably been to the weekend retreat or the two-day deal, whatever, and you've heard this talk. And I generally can't keep it within an hour. It's very frustrating because I want to tell you everything. And (laughs) and my mind goes in a half a dozen different directions. So these guys have been hammering at me in love (laughs) to, to go... But Mark, you need to get them to feel something in an image and and what emotion are we trying to go after? And ultimately still, what is the thing around that image, emotion, that that first session is trying to capture? Well, I just want to share the first part of that because I thought there really is a specific focus that I don't know how well I've really communicated. So I want to begin this way. I want you to think about What is something that you really, really love that when you know it's coming, you feel anticipation? And when you haven't experienced it in a while, you feel longing for? And even more specifically, as it relates to people, can you think of someone that you just so love being with that you long for, you anticipate when you're going to connect? And then after you connect, you look forward to when you're going to do it again. Well, Robin and I regularly laugh and joke about the fact that periodically I will say when I crawl into bed, honey, only seven more hours till coffee. (laughs) And she's like, what? But several years ago, our kids got us for Christmas a espresso machine. It is a whole new phenomenal experience with coffee. And I just thought they were crazy to pay that kind of money when they got it first. But there was a particular Christmas where I had their coffee for the first time. And I'm like, what is this? This is so yummy. So they went, ah, we know what we're getting dad next Christmas. But I seriously do, folks. I mean, I really will get into bed and go, honey, just seven hours till coffee again. And I am filled with anticipation and looking forward to it and can't wait till it's morning time and get up and get to have my coffee again. That particular coffee, not just any coffee, 
that coffee. Well, as I thought about that, I thought, are there relationships where we feel that same way? That there are people that you just love being loved and loving, where you just love connecting. When you know that time's coming, you start feeling that anticipation. And of course, the number one person for me would be Robin. And even when we say goodbye and she goes off to work each day in the morning, I, I start checking the time and I can, it's getting close to when she's going to come home. And I have anticipation. I look forward to it every day. And in a, in a week or so, I'll be going down to Central America again. And when I'm gone for a week, well, two or three days into that week, I start feeling that longing. But the best part is when you get home or I'm flying home, and now it's anticipation. And I every stop you know, at the different airports, I check in with her, and when do you think it's going to be, and is there any delay? And But then comes the magic moment when I come out of those doors, and she's there waiting for me and just you know, gives me this giant hug and just so excited, and I feel the same way, right? I just, it's such a great moment. And so whether it's the daily anticipation and somewhat longing sometimes, or there's time between, but is there a relationship? Are there relationships that you have that you go through that kind of experience where you just long and then you anticipate and then you have the joy of connecting and then you can't wait for the next time? Well, that's really at the heart of what First Loved is all about. A little while back, I talked to you from the Gospel of John about John the Baptist saying that the bride belongs to the bridegroom and that part of First Love's ministry is about helping the bride and the bridegroom really connect deeply and intimately. And at the very core of what we're doing is about that connection, that it would be so powerful, it would be so meaningful to you that just like the way it's like seven hours till coffee, you know, that if your time alone with the Lord is in the morning or at night, but you have this sense of anticipation, like it's almost time, you know, when we get to connect. You've probably heard the phrase, Christianity is not a religion, but a relationship. And rightly so, because we really do come into this relationship with the living God. And even though you may have had a belief about God or none whatsoever, but there comes a point when you actually realize that he's real, that he's alive, that he loves you. And, and essentially, that might have been the gospel, and, and it could have been gradually or it could have happened in a moment. But you just know that you know there was a moment in time when God really was your father and you really were his son or daughter. As we were reflecting on this, I thought, can you remember the first time that you sang Amazing Grace, not as a familiar song, but as your personal testimony? Or maybe this other hymn, if you didn't grow up in church, you won't relate, but there was this hymn called And Can It Be, and, and the chorus gets really big, you know, amazing love, how can it be that thou my God, that thou my God shouldst die for me. And I just couldn't wait to sing that song, you know, and I grew up in church hearing it a thousand times, Amazing Grace, a thousand times. But one day, and maybe if you're younger listening to this, it might be that little chorus, um, Amazing Love, how can it be that thou my king should, right, that you my king should die for me? Or maybe even more recent is the song Reckless Love, that it's just this, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, <laughs> reckless love of God. It chases me down, you know, fights till I'm found, you know, leaves the 99. It's this sense, right, that that song became your testimony one day. 
that this is my story, right? Grace, amazing love, reckless love that God loves us. But somewhere along the line, God became a person to you, the living God, and you became his son or daughter. You came into relationship with him and you just knew that you knew that you were in this loving relationship with God. Well, I remember that too in my life when that happened. And just like these other loving relationships that I've described, I immediately, no one had to tell me to spend time with God. I wanted to. I looked forward to. I went to my parents, and I'm 13. I'm seventh grade, but I'm like, I need a Bible. They go, okay, we'll get you a Bible. Well, why? Well, I just, I, I, I feel like I got to read it. Well, reading, praying, just spending time with God, whether it was in this alone time or just throughout the day, He was real to me. And we engaged, and uh, truthfully, prayer and, the, and even interaction in the Bible, I felt like He talked to me. Like we were processing this together somehow. But then, somewhere along the line, things changed. And here's what I, I want you to think about presently for you. What image, what emotion do you feel, do you process when you think about spending time with God? Right? Just think about that for a moment. What image, what emotion about spending time with God? Well, all I know is that somewhere along the line for me, where I probably, the image I would have used when we were first together was like, it was hanging out together, right? It was just fun. It was, it was delightful. It was enjoyable. I looked forward to it. And my favorite spot was just on the couch, right? Comfy. We were just hanging out together. Well, I don't know. What about for you? You know, maybe even still presently, it's really good for you. And what is it? Is it like a coffee shop, you know, or is it just friends hanging out and chatting together? Or is it, uh, is it the comfy couch? Or is it sitting on a beach? Or, you know, where is that place inside, outside? But that kind of captures, yeah, when I'm going to spend time with God, this is what it's like for me. I, it's like when I do this with so-and-so. Well, somewhere along the line, even though I began that way, something changed. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that Probably the, the best metaphor is that it became like a classroom. That, yeah, my quiet time was, okay, I got to do this. I got to prepare myself, confess my sin. But it was reading. It was Bible study, right? It was learning. And, and not that that was even bad, but it became learning about conceptual stuff as opposed to really having this hangout, this relationship, this delightful time just being together and the Word was our interactive tool. Even the harder thing was that as you were learning about in God, but also learning about right beliefs, right attitudes, right behavior, is that somewhere along the line, that would kind of somewhat naturally segue into a performance review. And maybe some of you experienced that sense, like you're there and somewhere in the midst of learning, studying, whatever, but you start doing, and whether you feel God's doing it or you're doing it, but you start going through this performance <laughs> review. And I don't know a whole lot of people that really like performance reviews. I mean, I know they're supposed to have, here's your strengths and here's your weakness and whatever, but I, what, <laughs> what is there that saying that for one negative, you need like 10 or 15 positives, you know, that you tend to still walk out of a performance review more focused on where you need to improve, right? Where you need to do better and and so often that, again, caused me to walk out of my alone time more focused on trying not to fail, trying to do better. Rarely was it thinking about being loved. 
Well, as most of you have heard, the story is that it was in the midst of that season, in the midst of my walk with God, my 18th, 19th year as a Christian, that God blew me away one day when I was actually focused on wanting to love better. But in the process, I went to 1 John 4, and as I'm reading that portion beginning with verse 7, we get to 419, and he says, Mark, you love because I first love you. Okay. Well, Mark, I am love. There's never a moment then that I'm not loving you. So you come to me who is love, and I love you, and then you love. Well, for me, that was so upside down and different. I'd never heard that before. And my greatest concern, my immediate reaction, well, that can't be God because that sounds like it's all about me now, that I'm supposed to go spend time with God to be loved by him. And it seems like I'm the center of our time together. And can that possibly be God? Well, I want to finish out this session saying to you that, yeah, you know what? I've asked you about how do you feel of spending time with him? Do you feel nervous? Do you feel anxious? Do you feel like, oh, here we go again, same oh, same oh, duty, classroom, performance review? Again, maybe it's positive. It really is comfy couch time <laughs> or, you know, hanging out at the coffee shop together. I mean, hopefully some of you are still experiencing it that way. But at that time, it was simply not anything I'd ever heard before is that, wait a minute. You mean when I'm coming into your presence, you're already there waiting for me? Uh-huh. Oh, wait, you mean you're filled with anticipation for meeting with me? You long to meet with me? You're the first one who arrives waiting for me, anticipating? And it began with that First John 4. Yes, I am love. There's not a moment that I'm not loving you. You are simply showing up and noticing, and I get to love you first. I can't wait for you to come. And then when he combined that with the Ephesians chapter 3, Paul's prayer, where he says, I know you're already rooted and grounded in my love, but I want to give you the ability again today to grasp, today again to grasp how wide and long, high and deep is my love for you, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Wait, you mean you're, you're not just waiting, but like you're eager to want me to discover, to grasp, to know, to experience you love me in, in this profound way until I'm filled to the measure of all the fullness of you. Mm-hmm. I'm at the coffee shop waiting. I'm at the airport waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting. And then finally, when he combined that with Luke 15, 20, that he says, Mark, don't you understand that regardless, whatever condition, whatever you're thinking, shame, guilt, whatever, even if you're filled with your own anticipation, when you get up and come to me and I see you, I am filled with compassion for you. And I run to you and throw my arms around you and kiss you. Again, that first loved is about this crazy shift that, first of all, in the end, our dream, our hope, our desire is that you would do the two practices, the lovers, God-sighting practice, that you would do the measuring stick and these other things. It gets barriers out of the way, but most of all is that you would have, like I anticipate, it's only seven hours till coffee, that you'd be like, it's only seven hours till Jesus again, till meeting with the Father, to hanging out in the comfy chair and, and just being with Him, that you would have that. But then it was to discover that God, 
God feels that way. He is that way because he is love. He wants you to know and to grasp. So he's waiting. And when he sees you, he closes the gap. He runs to you, throws his arms around you, and kisses you. That's at the heart of what we're doing is that you would actually love, anticipate, long for the next time you can connect. And you'd want to spend time, meaningful time, because you enjoy it. You love loving and being loved. And I'll never forget, I was a year and a half into this, and I'd missed three days in a row. And I remember the kids had gone to bed, and I'm standing in the kitchen. And in the past, I would feel so much guilt for having missed three days in a row. And how would I make that up and whatever. And that particular night, it just looking up at the ceiling like I'm looking up at him, and it just came out of my mouth. And I just went, Father, I miss you. And I thought, I don't know if I've ever said that. I miss you. And come hell or high water, I will be there tomorrow because I miss you. Friends, that's what we are doing. That's what we are about, that you would have that kind of intimate connection with him that you longed for, that you had anticipation for, but most of all, that you would, in your anticipation, you would be thinking about his, his anticipation to connecting with you, to loving you, to throwing his arms around you and kissing you. And that hopefully you just can't wait every day for that special time. Father, I pray for those who are listening today. Father, whatever their emotion is in their hearts as they try to think about, what do I feel when I think about meeting with God, spending time with God, or what would be the metaphor, the image? Lord, I just pray that, especially for anyone listening who still struggles to make that time with you and has any kind of other emotion or metaphor other than the excitement of connecting, like Robin and I at the airport or with a friend in a coffee shop, whatever it is. Father, I just pray that you touch them today. Encourage their hearts and remind them afresh and anew that you're there waiting, anticipating, running toward every time we turn to come toward you. We love you, Lord. Amen. So God bless you. Have a great day.